thank you guys for having me come back. <laughs> I, I had, I brought one. Yeah. All right. Thank you. You know, if you give me two waters, I could be about three hours. <laughs> so <laughs> just warning you now. Uh, you know, I, I just want to thank you too, Francisco. Like you so led us into the presence of God this morning. Like I could have just sat in that place like all day, not only you, but like the rest of your worship team too. Like, can we just give him another hand to clap? Like, it's, it's such a, it's such a place, like, to be able to step into his presence like that, and um, for you guys to lead us into that, it's just, like, I've been shaken the whole time, <laughs> and so, so today I want to talk about having these skeletons in our closets. Um, how many of you guys have a closet at home? I know some of these newer homes don't have closets or, you know, different type of things, so, so, uh, how many of you guys like that's your that's your favorite place? Yeah, a couple. I know. I know. My wife would be like, "Yeah, I got I got some nice clothes in there and, and things I like." And so, you know, when we think about our closets, it sometimes are places of a lot of times our past. Um, I got things in my closet that I haven't wore for I don't know how long <laughs> for a while. Uh, some of it didn't fit. Some of it was something my wife bought that I was like, I'll wear it the one time because you bought it for me, but I'm never going to wear it again. And so it's in the back of the closet. But when we think about the closet, we think about our pasts, and unfortunately, all of us have those, right? And, and maybe fortunately, a lot of us have those. Um, we have pasts, and we have things that we've done. We have things that we, that we regret, right? I have a lot of things that I've done in my life that I look back on and I regret them. I'm like, man, if I could have been the person I am now, what would I have done back then, right? I would have done a lot of different things. There's this shoplifter once that he, he got saved. And this shoplifter, he, he wrote a letter to the department store that he shoplifted at every day while he was in high school. And so he writes this letter, and in the letter he goes, dear so-and-so, whoever the manager of this store is, right? He goes, I, I, I became a Christian recently, and I feel a lot of guilt about what I've done and how I've taken so much from your store. He goes, please take this check of $100 to hopefully right the wrong. At the bottom of the, of the letter, it said, P.S., if I feel even more guilty than I am now, I'll send you the rest that I owe you. <laughs> I love his honesty, right? Uh, he, he was willing to take the first step uh, to be able to re receive some, some breakthrough, right? Like I said, we all, we all have things that we, that we regret, things that we wish weren't part of our past, but they are. And to be honest, before I became a Christian, some of those things that I regret now, I wore proudly, right? Oh, I'm the one that does this, right? Our, our, my friends can all come to me if they want this, right? And we wear some of these things so proudly. Now, now let's go back to our closets. So think about your closet. How many of you guys have decades worth of old clothing that you haven't touched yet? Some, yeah. I look at my closet and I'm like, 
Yeah, I, I, I have like a little bit of a closet. My wife has the rest of it. I don't know if any of you guys have the same, same issue. She's not here to defend herself, so. But we, we have these decade-old things, and it, it is interesting. If you start looking at them and start looking at the different places that you were in life, right? I think of the different size sections. Even in my dresser, I have some pants that I'm like, ah, you know, if I start working out, there's a possibility I can get back into those. Uh, the reality is, is I enjoy food a little too much and exercising not enough. And so, so some of you guys can probably relate to that. And for some of you people around my age, you remember the parachute pants or the MC Hammer pants. Uh, anybody have those? Couple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. So, and some of you guys are like, I have no clue what parachute pants or who, who even MC Hammer is. Uh, don't look him up online. <laughs> Maybe now he, I heard he's a believer. So, some of you guys have the Hot Topic shirts. Any Hot Topic people? Some of you guys may have those in your collections. I wasn't a big Hot Topic person. Um, fashion really was never my thing, nor is it still. You know, when I look in, our, in my closet, I, I see some stuff, like I said, that I regret. Some of you guys may even think now, like, I, I see my closet, and maybe I see a photo of me hanging out with a bunch of friends, and I have that red Solo cup in my hand, and I remember the, the good times, right, that I was having. And others, maybe it was you were hanging out, and... There were pill bottles or narcotics of some type, right? That, that those were your, your past. And sometimes we want to hide those in our closets. There's things I've done in my past that I, I would love to keep in my closet. For others, maybe it's websites and magazines and, and things that you got your hands on at a young age because... That was the thing that all the kids were talking about. You need to go look at this stuff, and you got caught up in that. I remember my young times back then, too, and, and how you get caught up in some things that maybe you wouldn't have if your circle of friends was a little different. You know, if we're honest, when we start digging into our closets, we start to feel some, some guilt. As I was writing this out, and even last night, as I was like, man, I, I got to change some of this. I, I'm the type of person, like, I, I always feel like I got to change something. And, you know, Holy Spirit, show me something more to, to add to this. And we could be here for hours if that were the case. And, you know, and I'm like, I'm guilty. There's skeletons in here that I haven't really 100% dealt with. I've embraced some of them to be able to, to help move them out and, and, and shown God, hey, well, obviously he already knows, but I'm like, here, God, here's what I've been dealing with, and here's my past, and I, I don't know how to move past it. We've all done things, like I said, that we regret. The problem with guilt is that if, we're, if it's not handled right, it leads to something called shame. You know, skeletons in our closets, they, they create these these three things they create guilt shame and pain and we get stuck in those 
if we don't know how to handle guilt correctly, it will always lead to this place that we feel shame. So we feel guilt for what we've done, right? We've done something and then we kind of, ah, in our stomach, we kind of, you know, and our spirit's starting to really check us and we, 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 we feel that guilt and it's because of something that we've, that we've done. And guilt can actually lead us to God. When we feel so guilty for something, we, we go to God and we ask him for forgiveness, right? You guys probably have all done that, right? We, we feel the guilt and we feel, I got to get into the presence of God. I got I to tell him that I've done something wrong and I've got to ask for, for that forgiveness. So when we feel guilty, it can lead us to God. But if we don't handle that guilt right, it turns it into shame. Like I said, guilt is when we feel bad for what we've done. And shame is when we say, I am what I've done. And you, you see that difference? Guilt, I'm, I'm oh, I feel bad. I, I, I've done something. And then shame gets us to the point that we're saying, that is who I am. And how many of us have been in that place? You don't have to raise your hand, but think about that. Like, gosh, I've, I've been in that place and I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's who Jonathan Hernandez is? And the whole time God's trying to speak to me and say, wait, wait a minute, right? That's not who I've created you to be. This is what the world's betraying onto you, right? And so if we don't know how to handle guilt correctly, right, through repentance and, and giving it over to God, we step into this place of shame, becoming who we've, or we becoming what we've done. And that's not the best of place. Because when we start walking in shame, it, it becomes our prison. And we're, this is who I am. This is who I am. And we walk into a church and we say, I can't go in there because everybody's looking at what I've done. Anybody else? <laughs> like, right? We, we can't walk into a church because we're like, they're going to see who I am. And I don't like who I am. And that's what keeps us from actually going to church a lot of times. Some of us, man, I, I stayed out of church as long as I could throughout my, throughout my high school years because I'm like, I, I was not the best of person. And I always was like, if I ever go there and they see who I am, they're going to reject me. And they're going to reject me because of what I've done and who I am, right? That's the shame that starts speaking to us. And the problem is, is if we start carrying shame too long, it leads to this thing called pain. And pain is tough. Pain leads us to do things that we would have never done if we would have never been imprisoned by shame. And what happens is, is when I start living in that pain for a long time, it becomes a cycle. And the cycle now goes back to the guilt. And now I feel guilty all over again for what I've done, and now I got shame again, and now I have pain again, right? And it becomes this this never-ending cycle because I don't know how to break that. I believe we all have some skeletons this morning that need to be gone. And some of you are like, well, you know, I've dealt with all of that. And guess what? I, I said the same thing, and then I start looking through these scriptures, and I'm like, wait a minute. I have a couple things that, you know what? I may have just pushed to the back and forgot about, right? And so this morning, my hopes is that we can look at this, look in our closet, and say, Oh, you know what? I do have some stuff that I've hidden in the back. 
And you know what? I'm going to bring that to the front and give it to God and be set free this morning. Amen. So let's look at Psalms 32, verse 5. And it says, Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Think about that. In the, the, the Passion Translation, it says it this way. It says, Then I finally admitted to you all my sins, refusing to hide them any longer. Right? That's what we do. God is all present. Like, he is all knowing. He knows everything that we do, but yet we think we can still hide things from him. And here it says, I refuse to hide them any longer. And I said, My life-giving God, I will openly acknowledge my evil actions. And you forgave me. All at once, my guilt of my sin washed away and all my pain disappeared. What if we could get to the point where we, when we feel like there's guilt coming up, that we don't just try to hide it from God or run away from it or hide it in the back of our closet, but we were willing to say, you know what, God, I'm dealing with this. Here it is. I repent of whatever it may be and receive forgiveness instead of holding on to that guilt and receiving shame. And then ultimately pain. Guys, here's the thing. Like, 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 think about this. Listen, you have been forgiven. Right? Like, we should be excited about that. God has forgiven you. Why are we still walking in shame this morning? Like, that was the biggest thing that, I, that, that really stuck out to me as I was looking at this. God has forgiven me. Why am I still walking in the shame of my past? My, my shame of my failures. See, because guilt, shame, and pain aren't always things out of something that we've done wrong. Sometimes it's out of something that we didn't accomplish. When our church was closed, I, I received a lot of guilt of my own, right? I, I picked that up instead of, walking out of that place and, and, and having a different perspective. But I, I picked up guilt, and I didn't accomplish this. I, I, I didn't have this happen. We, we, we failed because of me, right? And these were the, sh the, the guilt that I picked up, which ultimately led into some shame. And I was walking in shame for a little while, a little while last year. And all the guilt from what I perceived, right? The shame comes forward. And then pain starts to creep up. And I'm like, ooh, this is, this is new because it wasn't something that I did sinfully that received this. It was something that just happened, right? So I had to walk through that. God has forgiven you. Don't carry your shame anymore. He removes the skeletons completely from your closet. He doesn't just leave them there for you to look at and see later. He takes them completely gone. Colossians 2.14 says, He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it all away by nailing it to the cross. Have you taken what, what pain, shame, and guilt is there and have you nailed that to the cross? Psalms 103.12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. 
you know, God doesn't just, just want you to, like today's, in today's era, I guess, we have this thing where instead of calling something sin, we try to justify it. And we see this in our culture. And there's just so much of things that we, we try to justify. And ultimately, if we were to truly dig into the word, we, we see where the word isn't justifying anything. It's calling it out, and it's plain. You know, we get to this place where it's, we want to live our best lives now, right? And we hear that on everything. Live your best life now. Live, live your truth. The problem is, is we don't see that scripturally. We see... The scripture plainly point things out. There's no jumping around or hiding anything. God doesn't say, live your best life now. He doesn't say, live your truth. He says, obey. Be obedient, right? Follow him. And I always would hear, when, we, when I would challenge people in this, they would challenge me and say, Pastor, you're just, you're hard on us. You're, you're, you're wanting me to feel guilty. The problem is I don't know what you've done. So I can't point out what you've done. The Holy Spirit reveals things in us, right? He's the one that says, whoa, let's check yourself right now. I talked about this morning a little bit in, in the Bible study. Like When I feel like God is distanced from me, it's not him that has left. It's me who, who is caught up either in my sin or maybe the busyness of my life, right? And I've just been going through the motions. And guess what? I've neglected the things of God. Bless you. We can't try to get to this place of calling sin not sin. The answer is to go to God. Instead of trying to justify our sin, if we stop doing that and just say, you know what, I'm just going to go to God in this. I'm going to go to him and have this conversation. I'm going to talk to him about how I'm feeling. I'm going to talk to him about what I'm doing and allow him to really point me in the right direction, right? Instead of trying to cover everything up. And when we go to God and he gives us this forgiveness, just like the scripture said, as far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. What is that saying? It's saying that he's taken our transgressions from us, right? He's taken them from us, and not is he just moving them to the other side or on the other side of the closet. He's saying that I've taken that and I've removed it completely from you, and I'm putting it in a place that you'll never find it again. It's completely gone, right? It's as it's never happened. Why are we not embracing forgiveness more? It's because of the God that we've created in our heads. We've created a God that wants to punish us all the time, right? And, always, and always is, John, you've done wrong. John, you've done wrong. John, you've done wrong. Instead of embracing the God of the scriptures. Yes, he, he, we see parts in scriptures where, where he is tough and that, where he's hard. And, 
where he disciplines, right? Because a good father will discipline his children. But we also see where he embraces, where his hands are open and wanting to receive us. Not just where he's, oh, John, you, you did that wrong. You're, you're going to be punished for it. We, like, we need to learn to embrace God when we've done wrong. But also know that his arms are open to, for us to receive that comfort. How many of you have ever gone to your father or your mother and said, I broke that vase, right? Me and my brother were wrestling and we knocked that over. Man, my dad would have got mad, right? But then guess what he would do after that? He would comfort me. The same with my mom. Like they're going to let us know that we did wrong, but then they're going to comfort us. How many of you guys have ever watched The Twilight Zone? This is a show back in like the 60s, 50s, 60s. I figured not too many hands. Uh, my dad watched it all the time, so I watched probably every episode a million times. Now, when you pull your phones out and you guys are looking it up, it's the TV series back in the 50s, not the, not the movie that came out. <laughs> so let me tell you about this episode. There was this guy who was on a walking trip, whatever a walking trip is. I'm guessing he went on a hike. Uh, his name, if I remember right, was Ellington, something like that. And so the, the dude, he's, he's on this walk, and he gets lost. And on top of it, not only does he get lost, but now it's raining. And that's how a lot of these episodes go. And so he's walking, and he comes onto this property of this old, like, medieval mansion. And he walks up to it, and he knocks. And this guy answers. And this mansion is a mansion full of monks. And this guy's like, no, we can't have any visitors. Nobody can come into this, nothing. And Ellington, he's like, he's like, but I'm lost. It's raining. I'm cold. Can I just come in and get warm? And anyways, he, he gets in there. He he. he gets warm for a little bit, and then the head monk, whose name I believe was Jerome, comes, and he's like, dude, you can't stay here. He's like, you have to leave. So Ellington, who's out in the rain, he, he's probably getting sick. He ends up passing out, and he go, they put him down in the dungeon for him to, to you know, get better or whatever. And so he's down there, and he hears these voices, and this voice is screaming out, and it's just, and is just yelling, and so Ellington's like, there's something down here, I don't know what's going on, and Jerome's like, you're just hearing things, like, it's just the wind, nothing's happening, and then Ellington's like, well, I'm going to go to the cops, like, there's, there's something going on, he, Jerome, or Ellington ends up eat, meeting this guy downstairs that's locked up, and the guy's like, you need to let me out, they, they imprisoned me for no reason, I'm here, like, just let me out, he's, He's like, there's a sword that's holding me here if you can just let me out. And so Jerome sees him and he talks to him and he's like, hey, yes, I was lying to you. There is somebody down there. But this guy that's down there is the devil. And Ellington's like, the devil? Really? And so Jerome goes, yes, this guy's the devil. Don't let him out. I have a sword of truth that is holding him here. So don't remove that sword at all. Leave it there. And so Ellington goes back downstairs and and the dude starts talking to him again. He's like, let me out, let me out, let me out. Like, you, you got to let me free. And so Ellington, guess what he does? He lets him out. 
And so Ellington grabs the sword of, uh, of, tr of truth and he removes it. And this, this guy comes out and poof, he becomes the devil. And Ellington's like, what have I done? Like, I shouldn't have done this. And then all of a sudden the, the guy disappears again. And Ellington feels like all this guilt, right? This, he's mad. He, he's like, I should have listened. I can't believe I was deceived. And he goes and he tells Jerome what he's done. And Jerome goes, yeah, he'll, the devil will do that to you. He goes, he's done it to a lot of us. He goes, when you remove the truth, and once that sword of truth is removed, he goes, the devil was unrecognizable before, right? But now you can see him in all of, all of the glory, right? Like when, when the tr sword of truth is removed, we see him as what he's not. We see him as, oh, it's just one drink. It's just one pill. It's just one naughty website. It's not going to be, I ain't going to get addicted to that, right? But, so when, when we have the sword of truth there, the word of God, right? When we have the word of God there, we see these things. We, we know what the word says. We need to keep our focus on God. Ellington, he took his focus off, right? He, he listened to the cries of the enemy who was trying to deceive him. It's just one drink. It's just a sword of truth. Just take it away. And when he did that, he's seen it, right? When, when the sword of truth comes to us and shows us, when we wash our minds with the word, we start seeing the things that we've done in our past and realize, yes, those, those were sin. Sin is always fun in the moment of the sin, right? That's why we do it, right? If sin wasn't fun, would we ever have done it? No. The issue is, is it's not beneficial, and it's never leading to life. What happens when we repent and we have the opportunity to have our guilt being dealt with? and our shame, and our pain. What happens when we're, we're completely, in that sense, set free from that guilt? There's three things that always remain. And you're like, wait a minute. Like, you just said that you're set free. Yes, we are. But there's three things that, that will remain, and let's unpack those real quick. The first one is your memory. Oh, man, I wish when I asked God for forgiveness for things, he just washed my memory away, right? I would never have to remember it. I would never have to, you know, that would be great. But our memories remain. I know God forgave me, but I still have this memory. I still know what I've done. So Romans 12, 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do not be conformed to this world. Man, the world will tell you what it wants you to be. 
And ladies, the world tells you guys a lot more than it does some of the guys. You have all these magazines, all these, you have to look this way, you have to do this. And guess what? That's not what God's saying. The world wants to speak and wants to tell us. And that's why it's so important that we know the scriptures and that we're in the word. Romans points it clearly. Don't be transformed into this world. Like, don't conform to it, right? But be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And how do we renew our minds? By being in the word of God. If we're not in the word of God, man, it's so easy to to just start walking down that path that the world has for us. Why do we renew our minds? It's, it's not just to get rid of the guilt, but it's for us to be able to discover God's will for us. If we're not in the word, we have, what is our will? What, what is our purpose, right? And, and man, I, I hear this all the time, and now, like, working with the youth, I hear this all the time, like, I, I, I want purpose. I need purpose for what I'm doing, right? And, man, if we're just in the word, we can receive those purpose. We can see what God wants for us. We can see where he wants us to go. The power of God's truth. That's what it is. And man, I'll tell you what. I used to always think the Bible was so boring. Who would ever want to read that? You know, my uncle was a pastor, and I would always think, you know, I, was, I wasn't saved until I was in my 20s. So, like, I would always think, how is this even possible for somebody to read this thing over and over again? Like, I, I could barely make it through Exodus, and then if you want to lamentate on something, like, that's even, like, crazy, like, right, and so, like, I would always think this until, guess what, I got saved, and my mind was starting to be washed in the word, and then it was like, man, this stuff's interesting, like, there's fighting, there's a love story, and, like, there's all these things, right, there's, there's something for everyone, obviously, and, like, we have this opportunity that some of the rest of the world doesn't. And that's tangibly having the Bible in front of us. Why aren't we reading it? Here's the second thing that remains. Your past relationships. And so how do we deal with this? How how do we deal with our past relationships? We let God bring you new relationships through his church. And this is really that. Like, I don't know if you guys have life groups here. Um, I know you have Bible studies. This is where, like, these are important. You know, sometimes it's like, I don't want to wake up a little early to make it to Bible study. Uh, you know, being here at 930 is just a little too early for me. But guess what? You being part of that brings life. Like, you can just come and just sit there and not say anything the whole time. That's, that's fine. Because guess what? You're there. You're hearing the word of God. You're allowing your mind to be washed. You're going to start talking sooner or later, trust me. I'm, a, I'm an introvert. I don't know if you guys can notice with me being up here, but uh, like, I love being by myself. I love to just sit in my room by myself. Uh, I love to play disc golf, but I'd rather do it by myself than with everybody else. Like, like, so when I started going to church... And they were inviting me to all these things. I'm like, oh, no. Is there anything that I can do by myself? (laughs) And they're like, whoa, like, that doesn't make sense. But the more I've dug into scripture, I've noticed one thing. 
this is a little bit of a rabbit trail, sorry. But everywhere through scripture, there's community. Everywhere. Like you see community always happening. There's no such thing as a lone ranger in church as a Christian. As a Christian, there's no such thing as a lone ranger. And I know some of you, some of you guys are like, man, he's busting my bubble here. But God busted mine. And he's like, John, there's no lone rangers here. Everything's about community. How are you guys engaging this community, right? How are you guys being involved in, in this church? You know, you're like, well, you know, I don't have a good voice, so I can't be on the worship team. Nobody's going to ever ask me to be on the worship team. I've led worship before, and uh, it was bad. It was, it was way bad. <laughs> I don't have a good voice. But see, but that wasn't my gifting, Right? Where has God gifted you? And we won't know that if we're not being involved in the church. Get involved. It could be just greeting. It could be passing around the, the offering plates. Like, talk to your leaders and say, hey, I, I want to serve. Man, I remember just shoveling the walks. I'm like, why did I volunteer for this? I hate shoveling my own walks. But I was like, this was where I could be alone, right? <laughs> so... That was the opportunity. That was the beginning. And then, and then I started teaching children's church. And I'm like, man, this is not shoveling the walks. <laughs> we need to learn how to be part of his church. Our past relationships, if you show me your friends, I will show you your future. Like, I look at that. I have a friend who, who we communicate even now, but he's in prison for the rest of his life. Like he, he's never getting out. And I look at that. And I'm like, that could have been me. We were best friends. And I always knew my mom would say, you need to pick better friends, right, moms? Like, <laughs> like you would always hear your, your parents say that. And it really never made sense until I became a believer and seeing what was going on. Our past relationships will always be there. Bad company corrupts good character. 1 Corinthians 15.33. It says, we always think that we just some... Oh, I didn't write it down in here. Do we have it up there? There we go. Don't be fooled by those who say such things for bad... Nope, that's not it. I'll pull it up. See, that's why you don't change your sermon at night, right? <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> we always think that what our mom said in the past was, was wrong, right? That we don't get corrupted by these things. And like I said, I preached a sermon years ago that talked about our friends, and, and I seen how the path that they took was not the path that, gratefully, I didn't take, right? Like, who knows where I would be today. So let's, let's try to explain this a little bit. We have these things called synaptists in, in, our, in our brains. And what happens is, is these things fire together. What, what fires together wires together. This is, this is what 
with like the brain surgeons and stuff like they'll they look at these things and so let's take let's take sexual sin for instance so you're in this place right in in this sin and in this exciting right um then our our synapses they start firing off with the the dopamine right they start firing off together and what fires off does what joins together so that you have these two things that are firing off constantly that start now joining together and intertwining together and as they're firing off as all this stuff like all this stuff that you're doing that we shouldn't be doing and they're firing together they're they're being wired together now and so now you're now your synaptis is being connected and you start having these memories these moments that you're remembering these are the things these are why you remember what you did at 15 on the internet is <laughs> because you have this memory of it being connected i'll move on since all the little kids came in <laughs> so number three the third thing so to get rid of your past relationships you have to have new relationships right and so your new relationships have to come in that the best place for new relationships to happen is within your church because now you're with other godly people so when i'm walking in sin guess what that new friend's going to call it out the next thing is your old habits they're still there just because you've been forgiven doesn't mean the habit's not still there now how do we get rid of this we need to cut a new path we need to have new routines. So if you're always doing something wrong on the internet, guess what you need to quit doing? Get off the internet, right? It, simple. <laughs> Not as simple, but it should be. So 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation, or the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. We are a new creation when we give our lives to Christ and we receive, receive salvation. Now we're a new creation. The old is gone. Like I said, it's not just pushed to the back of the closet, but it's completely gone forever. You are a new creation. Creation must also means to have something new created. So if you have something new created, you need to learn how to create new routines, create new habits. If you're running home to do something that you shouldn't do all the time, maybe take a different path home. Stop at the park, get out your Bible, and start reading the Word. Renew your minds, right? So, like I said, these are the three things that remain. Your memories, your past relationships, and your old habits. How do we get rid of those? With our memories, we need to read the word. Wash our brains, right? Wash our minds. With your past relationships, find new ones. This is hard because in my line of work, I, I help people do this in, my, in my, my job outside the church. And they always, the thing that they always say is, well, they're family members. And it's like, yeah. I've, I've had to walk through this too. We still keep them in, in relationship as family members. We love on them, we pray, we pray for them, but we also know we can't hang out with them. We need to move to a new place. Find new friendships, find friendships within the church. And then we have to walk out of our old habits, so we need to create new ones. Start reading your Bible when you feel like you need to, to pick up that bottle or take those pills. Like, find new avenues that lead to Christ. 
And so as we, we remove these skeletons out of our closet, like what I want to do now is if we have time is I want to be able to pray with people. Maybe you're saying, you know what, you know what, Pastor, like I have skeletons. I have all of this in my closet and I want to take that next step. So as I close in prayer, like I said, if you guys would like to receive prayer, I'd love to be up here and to pray with you. Um, if not, like have an amazing week. I don't know if you guys have any other announcements to end with, but I'll go ahead and close in prayer. So Father, I, I pray that as we move forward, Lord, that we can learn how to remove these skeletons, Lord, and that removing them is by giving them to you. Father, saying, hey, here is my past and I don't want to live in that anymore. So here it is. I'm handing it completely to you, and I'm moving forward today. Lord, I thank you that you show us how to have new relationships, Father God. And that's with, within our church, Father God. I pray that, that from this day forward, Father God, this church becomes stronger through relationships. Lord, that they know how to communicate with each other and be able to be a family, because that's what church is. Lord, that they build on as family. Lord, so I thank you for that, Lord. And I pray that, Lord, as these old habits are still there, Lord, that they find ways and avenues on how to create new routines, new habits to be able to move forward in their life with you, Father. So we just thank you for that, Lord. We just pray this name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, anyone uh, want to take Jonathan